Hi, and welcome to episode 91 of No Crying in Baseball. My name's Patty, and we're coming to you from beautiful Pulaski, Virginia. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey, good morning. It's morning. We're having our breakfast beer, and we're in this really snazzy hotel that is the uh, official hotel of the Pulaski Yankees. Yeah, so like last week, we were at the same party as Joan Jett and Christian Yelich, and this week, we're in this gorgeous hotel right practically across the street from what was just voted the best rookie ballpark in America. We lead a charmed freaking life. Yeah, I'm starting to really like this. I think we need more field trips. My ideal field trip at this point would be to go clear across the country to San Diego and meet our friends from Hell's Bells, which is a great podcast you should check out if you are a Padres fan, because these are a couple of women of my heart because they 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 speak like me a little bit and uh, and say some fun things about the Padres. So hey there, Hell's Bells, atcha. You were fun road trip listening. Thanks for that. On today's show, we're going to close out our stories from our All Star Weekend adventure. We're going to talk about a really super moving tribute to Tyler Skaggs of the Angels. We're going to discuss some potential career ending injuries to catchers, which resulted in a boyfriend on Boyfriend Smackdown. We're going to talk to you about the new trade deadline this year. It's different than it has been in years past, so we're going to make sure you're up to speed on that. And we're going to close with telling you about our visit to gorgeous Pulaski, Virginia, the Pulaski Yankees. They're very charming and capable general manager, Betsy Ha, and the best rookie ballpark in America. Hey, All-Star Weekend was really fun. We had a blast. We had a blast. And you know what happened that people had been calling for? What was that? MLB showed me its balls. Oh, that's right. That was the best <laughs> The best um, text message that I got from you was MLB showed me its balls and a picture of a ball that you were checking out. Yeah, very closely, in fact. So, <laughs> yes. so a representative of Rawlings was at the Fan Fest at, at, at Play Ball Park for All-Star Weekend, and he was demonstrating exactly how Major League Baseballs are made, and he was doing the hand sewing of the cover of the baseball, which was really cool because I'm kind of a crafty sewing person, and so I was kind of leaning in to see the magic stitch to end up sewing the ball together because they can't have a knot in it. They can't finish with the knot because then there's a bump, Mm -hmm. and that causes havoc. And so I know how to do the secret stitch now, but I'm sworn to secrecy, me and the several thousand other people who saw this nice nice man from... uh, Rawlings. There's your next craft project. You can duplicate that at home. (laughs) I think I just might. Hey, we also um, watched the Home Run Derby, not in person. No, but not too far away. We were still in the same state and we watched (laughs) it. It was pretty much live. I think we had to delay it a teeny bit, but on a very nice TV with with, with some really wonderful people. And, um, And I got to scream. Uh, we all screamed a lot, and and we both picked the winner, which was very cool. We did not win a quarter of a million dollars. No, but it was it was still fun. And oh hey, we met a boyfriend. Oh right, it was the morning after. No, that morning of before the home run derby when uh, Ronald Acuna. And actually, that was a really good gig. So we were doing this volunteer stuff all weekend, and I think we talked about last week when we did. The, the first night at the concert, and then the second night was the snazzy bash at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then I made the poor planning uh, choice of volunteering the next morning at 9 o'clock in the morning. That morning was rough. It was super rough. And the night before, it was supposed to go to 12.30. I think we got out at 12, got back maybe at 1. And it was an ugly turnaround. Coffee was involved. But I, I totally lucked out the next morning because I got this really cushy job at the Prize Redemption Center. So I got to sit on a chair, 
next to an air conditioner and give people prizes if they happen to find us for this cool little contest that they did. But meanwhile, right near where I was stationed was where Ronald Acuna was going to be. And I got out a little bit early and I got in the line plenty early. You ditched your job. No, you were excused. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah. We're going to say, hey, I met you in line. And the very nice people behind you said, oh, sure. Go ahead and get in line with your friend because you'll do a picture together. It won't take any longer. Yeah, I made made friends with a bunch of Mets fans from the Bronx behind us who are are really nice. And their family kind of kept going in and out, too. It It was a little bit of a wait, but it was so worth it. The takeaway was, oh, my God, Ronald Acuna Jr. stood there looking gorgeous in his, like, day wear and Mm -hmm. had an arm around each of us and was charming as all get out. And it was lovely. And our hearts might have been going a little pitter-patter because he's a current hero. Yeah. Current boyfriend of yours. So you had to be in the picture. I had to be in the picture. Now that the All-Star break is over, games have started again. And the first game back for the Angels – involved a really heartfelt, moving tribute to Tyler Skaggs, who passed away unexpectedly the previous week, pitcher for the Angels. Let me start by saying the Angels had magic that night. They had two pitchers who combined for a no-no. Everybody on the team wore Tyler Skaggs number 45. So there was an enormous amount of magic to begin with. And then you need to find this video if you haven't seen it already. At the end of the game, there was all the cheering, all the hugging, and then every single player walked to the pitcher's mound, took off their jersey, and put it on the mound, and I'm going to cry right now talking about it. I teared up just even watching it on video. I didn't see it happen live. So please go look at that. Baseball is a family. Yeah, we'll have to find some sort of link and put it in there because it is a profound image. And people's faith and and destiny and all of those, those questions came into discussion. Um, what was it? There was actually a quote that you had from one of the Rays, right? For well, it was no, it, it, well, it was from from D. Gordon, who, okay, who right, was right. with your who boyfriend, was with the Marlins, mm-hmm. when um, Jose Fernandez died unexpectedly, and he had a leadoff home run on like the game that was honor, honoring him. And he said, you know, this this is what happens. And he, he attributed to it, like belief in God. That's how you know there's a God because these things happen. Yeah. Or if it's just that intense um, emotion within somebody that produces something like this. Like we talked about Pat Corbin last week. So we don't know what it is, but it makes it all the more meaningful to everybody who's who's entitled to watch or who's able to watch is a better way to say it. Um, you know, I could flash back to the Angels the week before. That's actually what I wanted to talk about. It's kind of weird that we're talking about the Angels game right after the break and the Angels game right before the break, right before the break and before the day before the death of Tyler Skaggs also, there was a horrible collision between Jake Marisnik of the Astros and Jonathan Lucroy of the Angels, who's the catcher. And it was tied up at 10 and it was a long throw in. And Marismanik was just going full power at the plate, and they collided helmet to helmet, head to head. And it, it I mean, that video is really hard to watch. It, it's it's horrifying. It's horrifying as a parent thinking, oh, my God, my kid almost played catcher. And horrifying as a human saying, this is what we do for fun. We watch this game and look at what can happen. Yeah, he's. this could be a, ga- a career-ending in- injury for Jonathan Lucroy. He uh, is severely concussed, and his nose is fractured, and he's on the IL for an indefinite amount of time. Marisnik 
right away, and you can see in the video, goes to him to check on him, obviously shaken up. He's still shaken up about it. He feels bad. He apologized to LeCroy. Apparently, they were texting. Um, he apologized to Angels fans. Just a couple days ago, so Thursday, this is Sunday, he received a two-day suspension. And the issue, I, I guess to, to determine the severity of the suspension, they had to look at whether there was intent or not. But even if there's not intent, this is a suspendable infraction because of the danger that these catchers have in their position. And the deal is that, that the catcher opened up a lane for him. He should have gone on the outside. But at that split second, he went in the inside, and that's where they're faulting him. And we're talking about, I mean, really a split second. And to be able to go through a whole thought process, you can't blame him in that way. But you can see, and Joe Torre said, that we're suspending two games because of the rule, because this is the way it is. I wish Marisnik wasn't appealing. Is yeah, that- I, I, I want to... I, I- I want to connect this to other sports and how they handle mm-hmm. similar things for just a second. Good point. For instance, in football, if you grab an opposing player's face mask, even if it's unintentional, your your arm's in the wrong place and it gets caught, it is still a penalty because of the, the head and neck injuries that can happen. It just makes you more aware of it. When we were watching the World Cup final, there was a, a, a head to head. There was no, there was a, it, it was a, a, a kick. kick. It was a kick that was too high. And it probably was not intentional, but people, you need to be aware that it could really injure someone very severely. And so therefore a penalty is assessed for those things. And that's what's happening here. And I agree with it. And I don't think it was intentional either, but I do agree with the suspension. Yeah. And and what Marisnik is saying is that he wants to explain his case to MLB. So I think he sort of has something to get off his chest. And maybe it's that he just wants the soapbox for a minute to be able to apologize so more. So the appeal to- is giving him that opportunity. Is that what you yes. Yeah. Okay. So I get that. Okay. Maybe we can look at it that way. Yeah. We can al- also look at it the way, I mean, his manager might be pushing him into it. Hinch was very much against the suspension. The manager Hinch, of the Astros. Yeah. The manager mm-hmm. of the Astros. Exactly. AJ Hinch. And uh, he wanted Marisnik in the, the game, the opening game against the Rangers series. So, And if you who appeal, knows? that means you can keep playing until mm-hmm. your appeal is heard. So that might have been a strategic move. Right. Yeah. So that's not exactly what I wanted to talk about. What I want to talk about <laughs> is uh, what happened as a fallout between mm-hmm. two boyfriends of mine. So back again on our baseball boyfriend thing, what we do is we pick a guy. We each pick a guy, different guy from each team who we really like for some reason beyond just playing. So it's got to be something about their character, something that we want to hang out with them. They're our boyfriends. And one of my boyfriends from last year, who one of my favorite boyfriends, Yadier Molina, just a classic future Hall of Fame catcher. I'm going to put that out there right now. And he uh, had an Instagram post, which was a picture of the collision. And underneath, he wrote in English for this one, bullshit. MLB need to take action on this bullshit play. Fuck. Praying for Lucroy. Slide, slide, slide. Fuck. Fuck you. If you think this is okay, fuck you. So you can see why I chose Yadier Molina to be my boyfriend at this point, right? Again, we need to talk about that, but okay. Right, right. <laughs> so this is the character I just really admire in certain ways. Now, the the attacking part of it is the part where I'm going, you know, Yaddy, you could just say fuck, not fuck you. You don't have to. You, it's, don't it's, make it personal. Right. Don't make it personal. So somebody took it personal, which is my current boyfriend from the Astros, Carlos Correa. Teammate of the person who caused the collision. Yeah. Yep. So he's he's got his buddy's back. 
And he wrote very politely. So thank you, Carlos, for this. He wrote with complete respect to Melina. He didn't do it intentionally, and I don't have the full text of it. It was in Spanish, and I think it was a comment on the Instagram feed. And it was really sweet. Like, you know that he didn't try, and I respect you. He said that a couple times in the text, that I respect you directly at Melina. Well, Yaddy didn't take it in the same spirit. He came back and said, I don't agree. Sports are for fun, uh, not for hurting, intentional or not. So going to that defense of the the catchers. And then he said to Correa, if you agree with this shit that your teammate did, you're bad too. I'm not too cool with that part, Yadi. I'm okay with the language. I'm okay with the emotion. I understand that the... Catchers need to defend catchers, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about in a minute. But, uh, but you know, don't don't attack Korea on it. Yeah, no, the personal attack, not okay. But we are learning more and more every day just how amazingly, enormously dangerous that position is to play. Speaking of dangerous positions, so should I go into the next guy now? Go into the next guy. All right, now. go into the next guy. Yep. So, so just note to you, dear listeners, we are usually so carefully planned for these podcasts. We have our stuff printed out, double-spaced, bolded, all organized. Right now, we are reading off of Jackson Park in uh, note cards, right? With our terrible handwriting, because who uses pens anymore? Yeah, I so really thanks for bearing with us. at handwriting. But here's my my card number two, which is another boyfriend of mine from this year who's a catcher, Francisco Cervelli of the Pirates. I was asleep at the wheel, and I missed it on May 25th when he got a bat to the head, a bat. And if you go back, dear listeners, to episode 70, which is called Potty Mouth Just Keeps Apologizing, (laughs) that is where I first introduced you to Francisco Cervelli and talked about his multiple concussions in his background. So this is his sixth documented concussion in the majors. God knows how many more he's had, but that's just bad for you. It was Jock Peterson, one of our favorite heroes from the Home Run Derby. Oh, my God. That's a hell of a swing right there. Yeah. So that says something. And it was his backswing. So he was out for a long time. Just recently, Cervelli has been cleared to play, but not catcher. So he's playing around the infield. He's done a few infield appearances before at third. They're trying him at first. He might even get in right field. And he had an interview with a local reporter in Pittsburgh whose name I'm going to butcher, Kovacevic, I think. And Kovacevic said that Cervelli said he's not playing catcher anymore. The quotes that he put in the article was that Cervelli said, that's enough. This time is different. I can't live like this. So there isn't, to Mm. my understanding, a direct quote saying, I'm not going to catch. So Cervelli, Friday night on his Instagram... Saturday Morning to Reporters said, I didn't say that. I never said that I don't want to catch. He wants to keep that door open. But please, you know, from your girlfriend here, your baseball girlfriend, Cervelli, think about it. I think it's okay to take it easy. You're 33 years old. But the reporter is on the defense. He had his own column. And he said that never once has he been accused of misquoting someone or using something that was off the record. That spans 30-plus years and thousands upon thousands of interview subjects. So, Also, Cervelli has a very serious documented concussion, so I think he should get a little leeway for, you know, maybe not saying things the way he would have said them in the past, 
right? And I would like a little understanding there for that. Yeah, and and really, like the reporter focusing on his rep is a little bit egocentric at this point. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. He could just say, you know what, this is a different story. So who knows if Cervelli is going to be able to catch? I mean, what it comes down to is, I guess the doctor he he told the the reporter that I wish you had waited until after my doctor's report to print the article. And the reporter said that in the past, Cervelli's always told him when to keep stuff off the record, and he's always honored that. So they have a longstanding relationship, but hopefully he's okay. I mean, if the doctor said he can catch again, ugh, I don't know. I'm scared. As a mother, I don't like this. As a girlfriend, you yeah, don't like yeah. it either. Right. Both of those Both things. Both of those things. Right? I can be all those things. You so many hats. Can. So many hats. I am just really impressed with us that we got through that entire segment about how dangerous dangerous it is to be a catcher without saying the words Buster Posey rule. Oh, I yes. just said it. That's your thing. Oh, I yeah. just said it. Okay. Moving on. Here's a little educational moment. Thank you. Coming up, there is a trade deadline, July 31st. Well, you say every year there is a trade deadline on July 31st. It's the non-waiver trade deadline. Well, this year it's the trade deadline. It is it. It is the one deadline and it is over then, which makes things a lot easier and we don't have to define non-waiver anymore. Here's what's going to happen. In the past, there was this extra month that managers had to sort of fiddle with as they decided, are they really contenders for the playoffs or not? And they then say, I'm a buyer or I'm a seller. What that means is if you think you are not at all in contention for the playoffs, you might be a seller. You might be selling off your talent, your big names in order to like to get some some trades for the future to get some prospects for the future to build up your team. Other teams who think I'm in contention, we will win if only we had a relief pitcher, another bat, a backup for the guy in the outfield who's hurt or whatever it is, you're a buyer. Okay. Now those decisions have to be made by the end of July instead of having this extra month of wiggle room. Um, there's a really interesting piece on the ringer um, about that describes what's different about this and it kind of compares when trades have happened in the past. And they said if all the trades that used to happen in August still happen and now they happen in July, it would be an increase of 50% in trades. But they also don't, you know, in July, okay. but they also don't think all those trades are going to happen because people will just make decisions sooner, right? And that, so it, there probably will be some more trades and it'll be way busier, but it probably won't be all those trades crammed in, like extra trades crammed into it. For instance, the Red Sox just got Kashner from the O's. They and I'm did. thinking, wow, you guys are speedy. You mean business. And maybe other teams that mean business will have more announcements before you hear us, you know, with this episode. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I think there's going to be a lot of trades. I think they're going to be over, you know, spread out between now and the deadline. And then what you get, what you get, and you don't get upset, you know, for the rest <laughs> of the season. But basically, July 31st is it, my friends. We are coming at you live from Pulaski Park. We just saw a Pulaski Yankees game yesterday, and it was so much fun. I got to do yoga with the cows in the outfield, which was a blast. Please check our social media 
for lots of photo evidence of that. But now we have the pleasure of once again speaking with Betsy Ha, who we last spoke with in episode 77, uh, Escape from New York, I believe is what it was called. So please go back for more details about Betsy's past. But Betsy's kind enough to take time out from what we have seen is a very busy time to speak with us a little bit about what we saw here at the park. So thank you so much, Betsy, for being with us a little bit today. Absolutely. It's great to have you guys in town. I'm glad you're able to make the trip and spend the weekend with us. So my favorite thing that I overheard yesterday was someone asking someone else in the stands, oh, you should ask Betsy. Do you know who Betsy is? Wait, no, everyone knows who Betsy is. <laughs> and I loved that. I was like, yep, you know, this. you are in fact involved in every aspect of everything. Do you ever get to watch a game? Last night, I watched absolutely none of the game. Uh, that game flew by fast. Um, we were very busy with the promo and everything Agnite related. It was probably the middle of the eighth inning, and I was in the retail store settling up for the jersey auction, and I went on the walkie-talkies, and I said, what inning is it, and are we still winning? <laughs> <laughs> and so some days I do get a chance to watch a little bit, um, but other days it just, just depends on the night. Do you ever go to other baseball games? All the time, yeah. We go to at least one game per um, away series uh-huh. in the league as well, and then try to get to some others outside of the league at the minor league level, and then usually after the season, I'll try to go to a couple major league games as well. Nice. So you can start like planning for the future and saying, huh, this is what you're doing right. I would do this better. Mm-hmm. I should have this job. Yeah, you can't go to another ballpark and not think about work or what you want to steal from them or what you think they should do differently. I can't drive through town anymore or any town and not see a business and think, do we work with them? So it definitely, your wheels are always turning no matter where you are once you start working in the industry. Yeah. When we talked to you before, you were talking about, you know, how you have to work, you know, you work with the community and the businesses and all that. And then when we walked in the park and saw all the ads up, it was visually stunning. It's like, wow, these are Every one of these is a relationship that you you make and maintain. Yeah. Every single person that we have, whether it's, you know, a program ad that's something that you put in there at the beginning of the year and then you don't really have to think about again versus maybe like execution of a theme night partnership. Those are still people that we try to check in on throughout the season and maintain those relationships and continue to build them, whether it's by inviting them to the ballpark or we hosted a business after hours event right before the season started. So we probably have, I think, somewhere around 200, 250 corporate partners that we deal with. And we, but we really put the emphasis on that word partner instead of you know sponsor or advertiser, because we like those relationships to go both ways and know that we're here for them, just like they're here doing business with us at the park. When we uh, checked into the hotel last night, the first thing we noticed was like the little tiny schedules for mm-hmm. sitting there on the counter. Like, yep, absolutely. You're everywhere and that's the right thing. Pocket scheduling is a beast. The interns <laughs> hate it. We all kind of, you know, it's just, a, it's a necessary evil. It's something that you put them all out and then a week later you're thinking, whoo, we're done. And then it's like, nope, time to go back and refill. <laughs> you had to refill. So we put those everywhere in Pulaski up, you know, probably within about a 30, 45 minute radius of the ballpark. We try to hit everybody so that they can grab those. They're very popular everywhere you go. We have them because we might need to come back because we're having such a good time here. Absolutely. Come on back. (laughs) So you're um, speaking of interns, we met a couple of your interns and actually former interns too who are at the park, which I thought was a good sign that people have interned here before and actually now work at other teams and other sports and your staff. And everybody was on top of things and professional and helpful and friendly no matter what was coming up. And that's got to start at the top. So we're pretty impressed by this. Well, thank you. It's definitely a team effort to run a ballpark like this. We've got uh, myself and our assistant general manager and then five interns that are here every day. Um, Then on a game day, we bring in another 50 to 60 people just to work the game, whether it's concessions, retail, promotions, whatever that may be. And we have a good management staff in place 
from us and then different game day managers ticketing and concessions that really help make sure everything runs smoothly. So it's definitely a team effort and requires a lot of cooks in the kitchen. It does. And it, it was cool to see that, you know, the interns then spin off and take this experience elsewhere in the sports world, whether it's baseball or hockey, I heard yes, last yes. night and all of that. So, um, I mean, so you have like a real role in, I think, helping people kind of get launched even. Exactly. And I started as an intern four years ago in Danville, the 2016 season, I believe. Um, but here we've had a couple people before I was here, there were two interns from that draft class or draft class, intern <laughs> class in 2017 <laughs> that have gone on to work in baseball still. You guys spoke with Kristen, who's general mm-hmm. manager in Greenville, and then um, someone else she interned with, his name's Cole. He's working up in Aberdeen nice. with the Ironbirds. Hey, yeah, that's our neighborhood, sort of. Yeah. And then um, from here, last year, you guys met Matt. Yep. He is a media coordinator for the Hershey Bears. Right. And let me tell you, that guy's hilarious. He is, like, perfect for the chocolate capital of the world. We tried. <laughs> we had some leftover s'mores stuff from our July 3rd promo the other day, and the interns decided they wanted a post-game s'more up in the office, but we were out of chocolate. He literally pulled a Hershey bar out of his backpack for us. Of course he did. Like, <laughs> so that guy's hilarious. He's um, ready for any emergency. I like that. Yeah, so he's in the hockey world. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Most of them are still in baseball, mm-hmm. to be honest, but you really can go anywhere. The biggest thing in sports is just getting your foot in the door. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many teams and so many cities and so many leagues, but it's still a very small industry mm-hmm. when you think about it. So if you can get your foot in somewhere and build those relationships, you can go anywhere you want. Well, it was nice to like also meet your very proud parents. Yes. I actually, while um, Potty Mouth was off doing yoga, I, I then went your parents to the petting zoo. Yes. Because that was after yoga because the same cows, I think, showed up in the petting zoo. So we met them and the baby goes, I'm like, this game has everything. And oh, wait, the game has started. I got to get back in my trip. There's so much to do. Mm -hmm. And everybody was loving all these things around it. We were not allowed to do the raffle um, because, well, Potty Mouse's husband said, you're not bringing a cow home. And she's a vegetarian, so I couldn't bring, you know, the other way to get the cow home. She wouldn't let me. So there was that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was a lot going on last night. And yes, parents were in town. They usually come up for usually two weekends throughout mm-hmm. the summer. Um, I'm trying to get them to bring my year and a half old niece up, but oh. they like to tell me they don't control where she goes, which is true. <laughs> but I mean, but no, they were in town. It's always fun when you have folks in town. Mm-hmm. It makes a, a, each game a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, parents, goats, cows. We had everybody last night. <laughs> we really did. And, you know, visitors from elsewhere. I don't know. We're just yeah. kind of inflicting ourselves upon your staff. Um, so you're about halfway through the season? We yeah. are. Once we finish this homestand, we'll be halfway through with our home slate. Um, I think our record right now is 14 and nine. So probably all in all, we're closer to maybe a third of the way done. Yeah. Um, it flies by. We're four weeks in, seven to go. And it just the days are long, so they don't generally feel like they're flying by when you're in the midst of them. But when you look back, you're like, how are we already in mid-July? It goes by very quickly. You strike me as exceedingly prepared. Like you Try know. to be. <laughs> so has anything like caught you for a loop? Anything like It's like your first full year as GM, mm-hmm. right? So anything surprising or, oh, didn't plan for this? or I don't know. I mean – Two or th- well, what we did was we switched our gates to opening at 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. And that was a bit of an adjustment because normally you're used to being there until like having until 4 p.m. to be up in the office and get things done and then kind of slide down after that towards the gates. But that's kind of thrown us for a little bit of a curve to, as we got acclimated to it and just kind of losing 
quote unquote, losing about an hour or so of your prep time. That was probably the biggest adjustment. Sometimes the days go by slowly. You're all calm in the morning. Those game days don't quite feel like a game day because you're well prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're like, oh, dang, it's 345. Where's the <laughs> what money? Just Where's my name tag? Where's my walk? <laughs> like all that stuff. But no, all in all, I think it's been a pretty smooth transition for me. And a lot of that's due to the preparation of our staff as well. And having people do the jobs they're supposed to be doing and enjoy what they're doing and work at it very hard. On our drive down here, I was flipping through, you know, on my phone the way one does when you're the navigator and not the driver. And I saw the article saying that Calfee Park is was voted the best rookie level ballpark in the country. Congratulations. That's Thank fantastic. You. Tell us why you think that happened. Yeah, we're very proud of that. I mean, we love our ballpark. Our owner used to say, and I think still does say, that there's a lot of nice stadiums out there, but we have the best ballpark. Oh. Because there, there definitely is a difference. I mean, you see – Uh, A lot of new stadiums being built that are just so state-of-the-art, very nice, and we're very fortunate to have them in minor league baseball. But what we have here is a a ballpark that was built in 1930s. So we've been able to, over the past five years, keep those historical elements but also modernize it to the point where you can house professional baseball and professional baseball for an organization like the Yankees, which obviously is one of the most storied organizations with very high standards, understandably so. Um, So over the past five past five years, it's just been continued improvements year after year with some very large ones prior to this season. And I think that all helped culminate in this award. And it's something that we're very proud of. And we hope that fans will see the photos of the ballpark and the recognition and say, hey, I want to go catch a game there. And once they come once, we find that usually they want to come back. No, I absolutely feel that way. We had a great time. And one of the things that we found, I mean, it was packed. We were looking around and the stands were absolutely Mm -hmm. packed, but also everybody's like waving to everybody else Mm -hmm. and stopping and chatting. So it felt such like a community place to go and spend an evening. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. I mean, we've got season ticket holders that they, we've got some that, you know, they purchase their season tickets in books of 10 with the same people every year. So they're like, I want my friends next to me every year. Uh Um, We've got two or three large groups that do that. Most of our season ticket holders come back night after night, which is great. You know, sometimes when you purchase for 34 games, you're like, I'm not going to go to all of them, but we find that most of them do. And then a lot of our regulars also, I mean, they just know everybody, whether it's somebody that they go to church with or somebody that, you know, lives down the street. Pulaski is a small town with a huge baseball heart. And once you draw from that core of them, but then you also get folks from surrounding areas as well. You really get to develop friendships at the ballpark, which is what it's all about. That was absolutely evident last night, and that amazing sunset didn't hurt for the photo ops. For yeah, you need to come to this park because this is amazing. Tell me your mascot's name. Our mascot's name is Calfee. Same name as the park, but we spell it C A L F dash E, kind of like a calf E. E. Yes. I want to tell you the one thing I saw Calfee do last night that just, just, I tears in my eyes. Okay. So he's like walking around, you know, pictures of everybody, and there was somebody holding a baby, and the baby was a little bit scared. Mm -hmm. And the parent put the baby, like, you know, down on the ground so the baby could sit, and Calfee got down. I guess would that be haunches? How do you, I don't know what that is for a cow, but absolutely got down on the ground to kind of sit there and try to make friends with this little baby, and it worked. And I thought this is amazing. This is a, this is a mascot, but no, even the mascot knows his job here. Oh, he does. He is phenomenal. We've had the same Calfee since the organization became the Yankees, yes. and he absolutely loves it. And um, last night was kind of like his big night because it was Calfee bobblehead night. Sure, we got ours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I walked by him at one point, and somebody handed it to him with a pen, and I just go, oh, geez, you know, Calfee signing autographs. And, with his hooves? <laughs> right. And he's like, no opposable thoughts I think here. he did it all right. Um, but he is a great guy. I mean, or he's a great cow, rather, That's let's right. say that. That's right. Sure. But he, he loves – 
He loves the fans for sure. And you know, if you're a child, you go either one way or another. You like run up to him and you're like, yes, a mascot. Or you hide in the opposite direction. Sure. So he's good about being patient and giving them a chance to kind of warm up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think he went over a, a, a new fan last night. No, mm-hmm. Not to mention us. We weren't, he's definitely won us over too. But we're an easy sell on mascots. We're, we're big fans. Me too. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. This has been really yeah. fun. You've been a wonderful, generous host to us here. You. And you get a lot of credit because Fabulous Park – fun game to watch. We had a good one and your staff has been terrific. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming out and for all your kind words. We love to have you here. All right. Before we head out, let's give people a chance to find you so they can make field trips here too. How do we find you on social media? Absolutely. We are all over social media. We love to have fun with that. So Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are our top three at Pulaski Yankees. Um, Then our website as well, PulaskiYankees.net. We keep that as updated as we can and try to keep fresh new content up there too. Um, but we love social media. I mean, we have fun with it. I saw what you guys were doing last night too. So that's all about <laughs> showcasing the behind the scenes things. And at Pulaski Yankees, we'll get you where you need to go. Excellent. Thank you so much, Betsy. Thank you guys. We have to head home now and I don't want to. I really like it here in Pulaski and I like kind of feeling like I'm on vacation too. Yeah, I don't want to head back either. I really liked hanging out with the cows yesterday. I missed the petting zoo. And there's also a lot of other cool stuff over there. Some basketball, moon bounce. It it deserves another trip. I highly recommend anybody in the vicinity come out to Pulaski, Virginia and meet the Yankees. Wow, I really said that. You really said that. So that's one more thing. We are saying nice things about the Yankees now. I'm getting to be a little mushy. We cheered for the Yankees. We sure did. We were happy the Yankees won. Well, these Yankees. Right. But yeah, wow, things are changing. Our world is opening up. How about that? So we've got no home games for a while when we get home. So we're going to have to find other things to do. Like maybe maybe our fantasy league needs attention. Yeah, I, my roster definitely needs attention. I'm still rock bottom. You're still rock middle. And El Wombo, <laughs> we're rocking the bottom and the middle. El Wombo's rocking the top. Leftovers are sliding a little bit. But this is our fantasy baseball boyfriend league that we put together of all these cool guys and mine are obviously cool guys who are not doing that well, or I'm not, I think it's my my managing skills. I need to be a, a harder manager here. I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I all of a sudden my pitching staff caught up and Max Scherzer just went on the IL. So that's going to take a dive again. Ooh. So I'm not sure that I am rock center that right harsh. now. Yeah. Bad things could happen. So we hope you have some fun this week and make your plans to come out to Pulaski to see the Pulaski Yankees. Please tell your friends about the show. If you haven't, subscribe, leave a review if you have a chance to do that. And until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. 